they've uh, they've definitely pushed a lot of people into the private aviation space because of the unreliability of the airlines and the, the constant canceled flights and things that are going on so prevalent in the airlines right now. Thoughtful and giving folks out there that own aircraft and between all of them, there's, there's a lot of things that can be done to help people and there's a lot of things already being done to help people that just kind of goes on in the background and, and goes unrecognized. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Travis Laments coming to the program. He is the CEO of Haven Arrow. And I really wanted to talk to him about what's going on in the aerospace industry, but particularly what's going on in the private aerospace industry. This particular area of flying in airlines is a sensitive area for me because during COVID, I just didn't want anything to do with the airlines. I wouldn't wear a mask. I didn't want to deal with any of them. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't fly. I wouldn't fly. I would drive wherever I had to. I really despise the airlines. And now we're in a situation where people are scared to fly with these airlines because of pilots being vaccinated. I don't know if everyone is scared of that, but there are a growing number of concerns with that. There are, are people who are really frustrated with airlines because of all the delayed or canceled flights. We've had so many issues. The FDA shutting down all travel. We're going to talk about that. That just happened last week where they shut down all traffic travel. That hasn't happened since 9-11. So he's going to explain what happened there. But I also want to talk about the fact that freedom lies in us taking over all these huge institutions and the freedom that you can achieve by getting into the private space is enormous. I mean, the people who were flying charter didn't have to wear masks. They didn't. They weren't restricted by all the airline rules. They can go into thousands of more airports, and he'll explain all that. And it really made me think about things. And once he started talking about the fact that you could invest in an airplane, you can lease it back to people, you can fly, you can depreciate the airplane, you can fly for almost free after that point. You can also use it for parts of it for charity to help rescue children and trafficking networks or help with medical care. People, especially with COVID going on, and we need these flights, being able to take people to hospitals that actually know what they're doing because so many people live in areas where the hospitals are absolutely clueless to what's going on with COVID. So I want, really wanted to talk to him about this stuff. This is a passion of mine. Ever since Dolores Cahill came on my show and talked about creating Freedom Airlines and the fact that we need to get out of this this WEF quagmire of crap where they control all these airlines. It was horrifying for me to see what was going on. And I think Travis and other entrepreneurs in this space have a lot of ideas on how to free us from this. At this point, it's for people with more money that can afford to take advantage of this stuff. But even businesses, if you have uh, executives going somewhere and you have to get a car and then do overnight versus fly into a local airport, not do a car, not do overnight, it might really make this a better deal for you. But especially if you have money that you need to invest and you want to park it in a safe asset that you can depreciate over time and then use it for charitable goods and for your own flying and lease out so that you can 
maybe make some money on it. it it's it's a pretty good deal. So I, I just find this as a fascinating area. But Travis, today, if you use code Sarah and you decide you want to charter a flight, you'll get free catering. And from what I understand, it could be upwards of $1,000 worth of catering. So that's a good deal. Try it out. You'll be pampered, treated like first class royalty. And you can bring, maybe you want to go to a football game and you have eight buddies that want to go with and you want to share the cost or you want to go skiing somewhere. I don't know, but this is a really good opportunity to at least test the waters and see if this is something that you might want to do long term or maybe put, you know, dip your toe in for certain things that you're doing. So anyways, there's the link is uh, below havenarrow.com and use code Sarah and you can get free catering. That being said, I want to remind you, with everything going on, people are dying suddenly everywhere. Every day I get new messages in my email of um, younger ones dying. It's one thing if older people with comorbidities die. It's another thing when people in the prime of their life, or even before the prime of their life, they're teenagers in high school and they're having heart attacks. We are seeing this more and more. So please go to my website at sarahwestell.com. There is a solutions document that Dr. Joe Newsma and I put together. Really go in there, test. You know what? I really wish people would use some of the quantum energy tools. Test your blood clotting. See if you're a candidate for some of these things. Because if you have some blood clotting, you might be sitting in a situation that you don't want to be sitting in. So you want to get ahead of these problems. So please go look at that solutions document. Uh, While you're there, sign up for my newsletter and please share my work. That's how we get this information out. The last thing I want to tell you is the sound on this at first is terrible. I'm so sorry. My dog, the culprit is my dog, Peanut. And if those watching on video can see a picture, she's the evil one here. She sat on my cord and I didn't know it and pulled it out. So the speaker is not working for the first part of the show. And then the second part I realized and got the speaker working. But now I have this new setup I'm using. I talked to a sound engineer and I went through this. So I have this new setup. And so be patient with me a little bit because this intro I did with our new setup I'm hoping I can get to the point. Well, he claims this is what you know, presenters on Fox News and everywhere else, every other network, CNN, this is the quality that they use. So, okay, let's see if I can get to there with this. I need to get a little bit better, but this is what I have now, and I'm hoping it works good. So let's get into this really fascinating discussion with Travis about the airline industry and how we can start to regain our freedom in that arena. Hi, Travis. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, it's such great timing because you're going to fill us in on everything that is happened lately with the airlines and with the uh, the whole aeronautical. Can you t- tell everybody what your background is so people get an idea of who you are and, you know, so they get some context here? Yeah, for sure. Um so uh, currently, I own and operate a uh, aircraft charter company called Haven Aero. Uh, been in the aviation industry for about 24, 25 years. Um, originally started out as an aircraft mechanic and eventually started uh, building up some of my own businesses and got a great team of people helping us. And, and we kind of cover all aspects of corporate aviation. Well, and lately, you know, with the Southwest Airlines just having... Uh, horrible issues and then yes or two days ago the entire fleet of airlines across the entire country 
Did it affect more than the United States? I don't know. You got to tell us. Went down. They took everybody down. That didn't happen since 9-11. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy couple of days for sure. Caused a lot of chaos for a lot of travelers. What happened? Well, there's something out there called FAA NOTAMs. It stands for Notice to All Airmen. And so before you conduct a flight, you have to check the NOTAMs going into the airport. And so it'll tell you if there's runways closed or if there's like a crane in the area or lights out, so on and so forth. And if you don't know any of that information, it's not always safe to dispatch out there. And with their computer system going down and taking that NOTAM system offline, they had no real strong way to know if there were any risks at the airports out there. So they had to keep everybody on the ground until they sorted through that and got the computer system going again. How long did that take and what kind of effect did it have on all the different airlines? Yeah, um, I don't know exactly what the total outage time was, but obviously it had a ripple effect that lasted several days to make up for all the canceled flights and uh, to get everybody moving again. Um, but it it affected uh, aviation system-wide, hit uh, airlines particularly hard, and um, they're just uh, going to have to do a lot of work on the computer systems to keep everything up and running appropriately. And the Southwest issue that came up was also a computer uh, computer system related issue. So uh, it just seems to be a lot of uh, tech in the background that's been on the fritz for the last few weeks. Well, what happened? Because we've had the same tech for decades, um, or things have been you know improving or doing. Why would suddenly everything start to have issues? Were they being hacked, or is it just coincidence, or what? Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that for sure, but it is peculiar um, that they've been running the same system for a long time, and it's been pretty reliable. It's the first time they've had a system-wide outage like that, um, and I think it's all so premature. Nobody's really um, spoke up as to what the what the exact root cause was, and um, I I haven't heard if it was if it was hacked or just a, a malfunction. Either way, it was a a pretty major failure. Either way. Well, yeah, because, you know, you, everybody always starts to wonder because they've been wanting us to reduce airline traffic for so long. I mean, they, they right. talk openly about it, right? <clears throat> that they don't, they don't, they want to create these 15 minute cities, which actually I think 15 minute cities, people would welcome that. You people don't want, well, 15 minute cities, explain quickly what that is for people who don't know what it is. They're, they're actually have cities that are in the trial with it in Europe where they want everybody to be within 15 minutes of the city. They can't, they're going to restrict it. So people can't drive and go out of your city more than a certain amount of time per year and so forth. And my thing is create the six, 15 minute cities. Cause that's what people would rather have, but don't control people. <laughs> people <laughs> Tell them they can't it. go anywhere. Yeah. yeah right. They want that anyways, but yeah, right. yeah. But so they've been wanting to restrict travel for so long. So then people start to wonder, well, what the heck is this? Are you guys doing some weird stuff? And I don't want to be conspiratorial, but you start yeah. to wonder because they talk about it all the time. That's the problem with uh, general distrust. Every time something happens, uh, even if it's a little benign, you have to start questioning why. That's right. Because it's not, it's just not usual. This is not a typical situation. Right. And we don't, we do know there's a lot of crazies out there. So you're, um, your airlines, what you're doing is about bringing freedom to people. 
And it is so interesting. That's what, really what I wanted to talk to you about. But we, it's the timing on everything that's going on in the the market is just all aligned. It's just crazy with with Southwest Airline having so many issues. Uh, and people can really resonate, I think, with what you're doing. Southwest Airlines really hurt a lot of people, didn't they? I mean, to the point where Congress wants to get involved and things. What happened there? Yeah, they their uh, computer system, they have to track, uh, due to FAA regulations, they have to track where uh, their pilot duty times are as far as how many hours they've flown in a certain period of time and and how many days they've had on and off in a certain period of time. And generally, uh, the high-level version is their computer kind of lost track of all of that. And so they didn't have a, a solid record keeping where everybody was located and where all the aircraft were at and, and you know, what hotels the crew were in and, and that kind of stuff. So um, that that was a major issue, obviously, and it drove a lot of, a lot of business over our way. Um, I hate to see it at their expense. I've I've used them for years and, and it's unfortunate to see them deteriorating like that. And, um, but they've, uh, they've definitely pushed a lot of people into the private aviation space because of the unreliability of the airlines and the, the constant canceled flights and things that are going on so prevalent in the airlines right now. Well, you know, I didn't like to fly. I wouldn't fly for so long because of all the rules and regulations. I yeah. was really against, I, I couldn't wear masks. I had kind of an anxiety issue with masks. I never knew I did because I went to China um, and I got our whole family these N99. I'm going to get the best thing. You know, <laughs> I do all these research. I get these N99 masks and I couldn't wear it. I'm like, <laughs> can't I can't wear through this. it. I'm like, I can't wear it. My family loved it because they kept themselves warm because it was in the middle of winter. I'm like, right. I can't, I can't wear this. And I was really struggling. I got all this anxiety and stuff. And then I'll get back and like a couple months later, everybody has to wear masks. And I'm yeah. like, I can't wear a mask. I yeah. swear it's real guys. And then I, so I'm like, I'm not flying on these airlines. And, and so I would do it. And so I became really interested in what was going on there. And I felt like people's liberties and all these stuff, they were using the airlines to, to crack down on people. And when the later, now we know the safest place was a plane the masking in a plane was totally absurd. Masking for children was absurd. I mean, all this stuff was absurd. You know, it was so obvious because they put all these, um, the new, they didn't, all the, the older studies said that mass masking was, wasn't, um, wasn't good. And then all of a sudden new studies, new mm. science came out to say that it was good. So anyway, right. so I was really disappointed with the, the airline industries. Plus they were making all these pilots get vaccinated. You got a whole bunch of pilots that came over simply because of that rule, didn't you? Yeah, we, we picked up a few specifically, but uh, private, private aviation uh, system-wide benefited from that, from uh, some of those folks that didn't choose to do that. And uh, since the airlines had mandated it, it was, they had to find other places to go. So it was a net benefit for the private aviation space for sure. And is it still benefiting you? Are people still like irritated with the airlines for all sorts of reasons? Yeah, the the challenge with with it is them balancing what their personal preferences are with the pay differentials and the benefits. The airlines are very large companies and they can pay extremely good wages. And, and for years, kind of the goal of most 
aspiring pilots was to become a, a captain on one of the major airlines, and that still holds true today. So trying to balance all the the politics and um, decisions that the airlines are making with a quality of life that they're looking for is kind of the balance that we're looking for. And generally speaking, the private aviation space can provide a, a better quality of life and a little more freedom of decision on how they want to operate their lives. Well, and let's talk about that. What is, because I'm learning that the private space brings so much more freedom and flexibility that a lot of people just don't even realize it's accessible, but it is. And, it, yeah. I, you know, I interviewed Dolores Cahill, who was trying, and there's a whole network of people wanting freedom airlines. They want, this was, she's in Europe, and so they started doing some freedom stuff there, but you guys are doing it here and in Texas. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so the private aviation space has provided this for a long time, but it really uh, became known to a lot of new private travelers whenever COVID hit and the airlines were shut down and uh, everything was going on there and everyone still needed to travel. So people that um, could afford to fly first class or or nice, uh, nice upscale airline stuff, they figured out that it was a, a pretty incremental increase for a lot of their travel needs to go private. And when you're traveling private, you have a lot more flexibility in, in your schedule, your airport location. You can usually get a lot closer to your destination if you're not going to a major area. Uh, and then obviously with people concerned about COVID and, and um, illness in general, they figured out that you can go get on an aircraft with uh, a few people that you know and people that you're acquainted with instead of going through all the uh, busy airports and airline terminals and when you can just pull up on the on the ramp at an airport and get out of your personal vehicle directly into the airplane and only be in contact with people you know that was a that was a large benefit for everyone when when they were originally worried about uh, the concerns of COVID when it all started. But now we're seeing that people are learning that this is actually something that could be realistically done for the average person. You get around all these problems that are happening in the um, the airports, and it's not. It doesn't have to be that much more expensive. Because we talked about this before we went on air. Like, how can people actually use this and not feel like they're destroying it, and maybe even come ahead? There's certain instances that you can be ahead. Yeah, for sure. So it depends on a on a wide range of scenarios. But if you're a, a a corporation that's trying to get you know four, five, six executives to a meeting that's going to last a couple hours, if you have to go with the airlines, uh, generally that's going to be at least a two, if not three day event where you're going to have those people out of the office for two or three days, uh, paying for their airline tickets, hoping the flights don't get canceled before the meeting. Uh, hotels and all the stuff that goes along with that versus going on a private uh, aircraft. You can generally do it all in one day where you just take off on your schedule, get to your meeting and then get back on the airplane and get home. So then you've got those, those folks in the office the rest of that time. A lot of people have figured out when they're flying privately for personal uh, reasons, if there's six or eight people going on a trip somewhere <clears throat> to a, you know, a sporting event or whatever it may be, um, and they're splitting up the cost of that uh, that charter flight between that group of people. Um, it's it's it can be incrementally more expensive depending on what kind of aircraft you get on. You know, if you're on a uh, on a large, uh, say like a Falcon 900 or 
uh, you know, a, a 14, 15 passenger jet, it's going to be significantly more expensive than an airline ticket. But if you're on a King Air, which is a twin engine turboprop airplane, and you're splitting it up between six to eight people, it's it's uh, just incrementally more expensive than a than a nice airline ticket. Well, and if it's just incrementally more expensive, then see, I think of the people who really could benefit, it would be like attorneys, mm -hmm. where you, you're you billing like $500 an hour, which is just crazy. I get the anxiety just thinking about it, yeah. but they really do. And if they, if they got to go somewhere and then they can't get back and start billing again, now you're really talking about saving money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we talk uh, private aviation, um, this question comes up a lot about the, the comparison to airlines versus private. And if you really want to break it down by the dollars of, of commercial airlines versus private, um, just straight up aircraft cost, you're never going to, you're never going to balance that. The, the private flying is always going to be more expensive dollar for dollar on the airline ticket versus a charter flight. But when you start plugging in all the, uh, extraneous benefits with, um, all the leisure that goes along with it, the ease that goes along with it, the reliability, and then your total time out of the office or or uh, not enjoying wherever you're going, um, waiting on airlines, um, it it definitely weighs out the scales pretty well for a lot of people. So that's where uh, during the during the beginning of COVID and ramping up through that first year of COVID, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of a thirty percent increase in demand across the charter market. And everyone was getting concerned that once COVID died down and and everyone kind of understood what was going on there, that that would fall off. But those people that moved into that market space realized how um, how much they liked it and all the convenience and all the other benefits to go along with it. And they just haven't left. So now we've got a, a whole new uh, group of private use folks that we've got to figure out how to service. So the the charter market in general is pretty strained right now, trying to meet capacity on all of it. But so you guys are trying, but one thing that you were talking to me about is the fact that people could actually buy, invest, buy their own plane, which I know people just stay with me for a second. I'm always looking for <laughs> ways to save money and to have different unique investments. People could invest in their own plane. You can lease that back and then you end up flying for almost well, almost free. Yeah, for sure. So if uh, if there's uh, folks out there that have the uh, money that they want to go invest in an, in an asset that'll hold its value and and just a place to put that money for a while and don't want all the operating costs and overhead of owning their own aircraft, uh, that's a big part of our business model is we find those uh, individuals that um, are in that situation and we take their aircraft and we do a dry lease on it and turn it into a charter aircraft. So instead of the aircraft just sitting in the hangar 28 days a month or 25 days a month, we're out capitalizing on those down days and earning revenue for the aircraft owner during those uh, during those periods that they're not using the aircraft, which depending on the aircraft type, it, it very significantly offsets their operating cost of that aircraft while uh, helping to pay for that asset. So it's it's a very good model for a lot of a lot of private owners, the owners that fly, you know, multiple times a week and and fly a lot, it sometimes gets a little complicated for them to juggle both schedules. But the majority of aircraft owners don't fly that frequently. The majority of them fly like five days or yeah, five days a month. 
leaving the all the fixed expenses for the aircraft just accumulating while it's parked in the hangar for 25 days a month. Yeah, so it ends up being actually because people are looking, they want to get out of the stock market because nobody trusts it right now. Yeah. And this is a way to put your money someplace where the value will probably, uh, it'll keep its value, but then you also can save money on travel. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it significantly reduces your cost for your own travel whenever you're in one of those programs. It it brings your personal use cost down a lot because we're spreading out all the all the fixed costs of involved with it across the to the charter customers. So let me ask you, um, how how do you deal with, let's say there is somebody that that owns an aircraft, but you already got it scheduled for somebody, and then all of a sudden they have an emergency where they need to take themselves someplace. I know you have a whole network of planes that you work with. How do you deal with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it, before we get to that situation, every time we go to take a charter flight on a leased aircraft, um, we have an agreement with the owner how much notice we need to give them before we take that flight and get their approval. And so most of the time that situation's avoided because they've given us approval to use it for that flight um, within that approval window. But in the event something like that does pop up and their aircraft is out on a flight, uh, we have access to um, a lot of 135 aircraft in the in the country, uh, in the neighborhood of like 25, 2800 aircraft. Um, so we can go out on the on the charter market and um, find one of those options for them and relieve that, uh, get that flight covered for them. That and we only have to do that if one of our own aircraft within our fleet can't cover it. But most of the time, we can pull one of our other aircraft in our own fleet and cover them when that situation arises. So you, have, I mean, you have a lot of flexibility. The other thing that you were telling me about is the fact that you are working with the company to really start to compete with the commercial airlines, but in a more flexible way. Um, and you're doing the the Texas market. Can you talk about what that is? Because that's very interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a startup company out there that we're um, trying to work out a deal with on. Uh, assisting them with their Texas coverage, and their um, model is very unique. It's it's not like a regular charter aircraft where you can just buy the whole the whole aircraft and go wherever you want to go. They cover regions with what's called a floating fleet, and that floating fleet uh, they they sell those aircraft out by the seat, kind of like you would buy an airline. So instead of paying for the whole thing, you just pay for one seat in the aircraft or uh, however many seats you need for your party. And then um, they operate within like a 500 nautical mile range of of a certain region and move everyone around that region. And then if, you know, you're going from uh, Austin to Dallas frequently, you can jump on that aircraft um, and buy a seat on it as it moves you back and forth between there. And then if the situation comes up that you need to go from Dallas to Chicago, then they would kick you over to a, a private charter company such as us to fulfill those needs. So they've got both angles covered for the people that are going to be operating in their program. And those uh, those floating fleet aircraft that they would be using in their normal region, uh, they are getting they're managing to get the cost on those seats way down, uh, really on par with an airline. That's really cool because now you'll have. People will have the, uh, it won't be quite like a personal jet completely, but it'll be way better. 
in, in the sense of flexibility and getting right on. You won't have all the same rules, correct? Yeah, it, it'll be uh, kind of the convenience. It's, it's a real mesh between the airlines and the charter world where you have a lot of the convenience and flexibility of a, of a private charter um, and the cost of an airline. It, it kind of meshes the two. It's slightly more expensive than an airline and slightly less uh, convenient than a charter flight, but it, it kind of meshes those two, uh, those two worlds together really nicely. So I hope they, I hope their product works out the way that it looks like it's going to. It's, it's a very exciting format. Well, it is. And this is, it reminded me of my talk with the Lord Cahill about how to create freedom networks where people can, we just get back to the basics of what it is that we want and need for living our lives. One thing that, you know, my brain gets going after I talk to you, I'm thinking about all these things. I'm setting up a, um, a network, a support network for victims of trafficking. And I've been working right. on it behind the scenes and I'm thinking, geez, one of the things we could do, my brain goes nuts. <laughs> Later on, we could set up, you know, rescue missions. And I'm going, I'm thinking all these things. We're not ready to do anything like that right now. But yeah. eventually, I mean, this is what this could be. I'm very excited because I think that the uh, possibilities, if you start using your brain on some of this stuff, there's a lot of possibilities that you can use with this once you see that as accessible. Most certainly. There's, uh, there's several programs out there right now um, like the, the, um, angel flight program where private owners voluntarily move people around that need to move around for hospitalizations and doctors visits for cancer treatments and things such as that. There's one that moves, um, moves, uh, animals around to different shelters. And we've been approached several times about setting one up to, uh, to help, uh, use our charter aircraft for, different reasons. We've been approached about a few different ones, but basically trying to use those aircraft on their empty legs to move people around that have a need um, that can't afford that kind of a mission. So something like uh, that trafficking network would be an excellent example of that. And there's several more out there related to uh, veterans and uh, wounded folks and medical issues. There's there's a, a big deme uh, demand for that kind of private transportation where if you're dealing with a, a sick individual that's not to the critical level where they don't get on an air ambulance, but they're past that point that it's uh, reasonable for them to go get on an airline, uh, there's a there's a lot of folks that fit in the middle there that can't afford to just go do a, a private charter flight every time they need to go somewhere. So those are, those are high on our list and definitely something we're trying to uh, figure out a way to plug in and participate in. Well, what is so fascinating to me is that there's so many people that want to figure out how to help and real help and they have money. They want to get out of the stock market. They want to save money on their, um, you know, they want to get into gold and silver, which is really important to do. But this is another place you can put your um, money assets and it's going to stay value, but then you can save money at the same time. Plus you could probably help with these, these emergency type situations that people really need. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's uh, pretty amazing how frequently that's one of the topics that these aircraft owners bring up is that they want to fi figure out a way to use that asset to help people and and bring benefit to other people and and uh, do it in such a way that it meshes with their with their use of the aircraft. And um, there's a there's a lot of very um, 
thoughtfully and giving folks out there that own aircraft and between all of them, there's, there's a lot of things that can be done to help people. And there's a lot of things already being done to help people that just kind of goes on in the background and, and goes unrecognized. I think this is just fascinating. I think once we get more people, you know, understanding what the options are out there, I mean, there's so many, see, the thing is, is that people really want to help and they just don't know how to help. And And these are, this is a really good avenue where it's kind of a win, win, win in all sorts of directions. How much would they, somebody have to invest to get involved in a program like this? As far as owning an aircraft and getting it on charter? Yeah. How, how, how much does that cost? It's a huge budget window, depending on what you're going after. Um, on the low end, um, if you're wanting to buy an aircraft that'll be um, up to speed for being able to do a charter flight on the low end, you're probably talking about uh, about a million one, million two on the low end. And on the high end, it can be many million, you know, it could be up to 30, 40 million. So yeah, it's I mean, a you huge get, window. But, you can get a presidential a pl- yeah. plane, right? I mean, so that's what we're talking about. But if you're just getting one that can go between you know like let's say you just want to carry 10 people but it's still feels like you're in a luxury plane how much would something like that be you you can get in i I would say an average budget window that somebody would expect to be in something like that would be around the four to eight million dollar range okay and then but they can lease that or fund that too right i mean you don't have to have eight million dollars or four million dollars sitting there you can like, how much would you, cause there's, there's uh money there to be able to invest. So how much do you have to put down on something like that? Uh, most of the aircraft financing options that are out there uh, look and feel a lot like a house mortgage. So, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20% down and then 15 to 25 year terms, just kind of depending on the age and make of the aircraft and, and the buyer's financial situation. So we see a we see a lot of them get financed out for twenty years, and there's uh, there's some really good um, depreciation benefits available to aircraft. Where just coming out of twenty twenty two, they ended the hundred percent bonus depreciation. It it drops down to eighty percent this year, but you can still depreciate out that asset in in uh, either one to five years um, or longer if you want to. But there's a there's a lot of tax strategies that people can get into on that and. Um, we have we have some aviation tax folks we can refer people over to to exactly figure out that strategy. But there's uh, there's some very successful ways to utilize an aircraft for uh, tax planning as well. So you could feasibly save in taxes what you would put down as your down payment um, within a couple years, and then also save on uh, flights. I mean, you yeah. can really work it out where you're helping a lot of people, you're saving money, you're doing, I mean, so if you have some decent assets, you could, it could really be something you feel good about. For sure. And that's where, uh, that's where we see a lot of people get into it. They figure out um, all the angles on, on uh, the benefits of an airplane and aviation in general. And the, the biggest roadblock to the majority of those, those guys that have the um, assets and the, and the cash to do that is they run into well, how do I buy an airplane? What do I do with it after I own it? How do I find pilots? How do I deal with the insurance company? So on and so forth. The the high regulation level involved with aviation deters a lot of people from it, and 
So that's where we like to step in and and just be kind of their easy button, if you will, for their aircraft ownership. And we we manage all of it for them from from the maintenance to the pilots and insurance and liability. And uh, we're we're not a tax firm, but we've got relationships with several aviation tax folks that can guide them on their tax strategy. And uh, there's there's very little in that world that we don't do. And our whole goal for the aircraft owner is to make it as simple as possible for them to own an asset that's benefiting them and turn around and make that as simple as possible for people that want to charter an aircraft instead of owning it to, to get them on those aircraft. Do you think that going forward that things will get better with the, or just keep getting worse with the airline industries? Because right now, and people are pretty have been pretty burned by the airline industries over the last few years. Yeah, it's real unfortunate. There's uh, you know, airlines serve a, a very critical role in our in our country. And to some of those folks out there that that charter is still a little out of reach for them, uh really puts all of them in a bad place. Um, so I hope they figure out how to turn it around. Um the the current state of affairs right now is they're they're pushing a lot of people into private aviation, which uh, benefits us personally, obviously, but it doesn't benefit us as a country to have a weak airline system. So for it the does sake, not, of, no. sake of the country, I hope they get it all worked out and get it, get it where it was 10 years ago and uh, turn the corner on it. So we'll see how it goes, but not to, uh, I'm an optimistic person by nature, but I'm not overly optimistic on that in the near term. <laughs> well, comp- considering all the staffing issues for various reasons, I think that they're going to continue having issues as well. I also think that there is an underlying um, agenda for people not to fly. So we're going to see some pretty weird things, I think. But with your uh, upcoming strategies, this little company that I don't know how little they are, but this company that's trying, cause they have stuff going on all around the country um, that is trying to create a hybrid between private and commercial and allow people to fly in a much better situation. Those are the kinds of solutions that we need to start having And humanity tends to figure things out and we survive. And this is just one of those angles where people are using their ingenuity and saying, okay, there's better ways of doing this. Right, for sure. And there, there's uh there's several of those companies cropping up right now for all the all the reasons we've talked about. It's uh we kind of talked a little bit about that one that we're uh in discussions with, but there's I think three of them that I'm that I'm aware of that are working on various stages of the same thing. So I think over the course of the next couple of years, that's gonna become a, a pretty common occurrence to to have that hybrid model rolling around out there to help uh offset the the challenges with the airlines. Oh, that'll be good. Well, that's what we need, right? And and we and we if one area collapses or has some serious issues, we we can't just do nothing. And so this right, will be exactly. a good yeah, this will be a good avenue, but I love the fact that it's an also a creative avenue for investment and kind of kill a whole bunch. I hate the word kill a bunch of birds with one stone. Um, is there a better way to say that same phrase? But y- you know what I mean? Uh, Cause yeah. I don't want to hurt any bird, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can take sure. care of multiple problems with one, one concept. And um, yeah. I love that. So now how do people reach you if they, okay. So now if they're saying, okay, I want to dig into this more because this is really something I've been thinking about, or I want to look into this more because maybe it'd be something I would do. How do they reach you? 
Uh, the, the easiest way is just to go to our website uh, at havenarrow.com, H-A-V-E-N-A-E-R-O.com. And it's got a contact phone number on there. It's got a, a email that you can send us to uh, get the ball rolling. So whether you're looking for uh, a charter flight um, to buy or sell an airplane, aircraft management, um, we can handle pretty well all of it. Um, so that's the easiest, cleanest place. So that'd be a great place to go check us out. Okay. Well, that's excellent. I, I just think about, you talked about a thing where somebody, if they wanted to go to a football game with their buddies and they get eight of them coming together and go to a football game, they can do that for a day and it ends up not being that expensive, but for sure. Okay. Well, thank you, Travis. I really appreciate it. This was just so out of the blue and the timing was really <laughs> great. And I said, you know what? I really do want to dig into this and understand it more. So I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this too. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Uh, appreciate having, appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Thanks, Travis. Thanks.